This podcast is sponsored by Aurora Packaging Solutions, a global packaging solutions provider leading the transition to a more sustainably packaged future. They specialize in developing packaging and visual communication solutions that reduce the impact on the environment and bring sustainability goals to life. With a focus on partnership and service, they create a custom solution for your business. To learn more, please visit www.orapackaging.com. Welcome to Sustainable Packaging with Corey Connors. I'm very excited to introduce my guest today, Mr. Connor Hill. He's a circularity leadership coach and consultant. How are you, sir? Yeah, doing really well. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we've we've scheduled this a long time ago, but you were in the middle of a move. Can you tell us about that and uh, how how'd that go? Uh, yeah, it went well. And uh, yeah, I mean, with every move you do, you're just so conscious of how much stuff you're consuming, right? <laughs> That's right. Uh, <laughs> I think it's easy when you stay in the same house for a long time. You're just like, oh, there's plenty of cupboards to hide it in. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I was just, yeah, really raised of like, wow, again, too much stuff. But what I did like found so good was things like Gumtree, Frigo, I guess your Craigslist. It's just been so, before it was clunky, there wasn't many people using it, but now there's so many people on it. You sell stuff like not instantly, but it's so much smoother. So yeah, that's a bit of my experience. And you moved from Scotland to the UK, right? Yeah, exactly. So I was up in Scotland before, up in Edinburgh, and then moved down to uh, London uh, where we were before COVID. So uh, back to familiar grounds. <laughs> well, I'm sure it's nice to be home yeah. again. Yeah. So I'm uh, very excited uh, to hear about your, your background and kind of how you got into sustainable packaging, sustainability, circular packaging. If you could kind of speak to your, your past, kind of your path to where you are now. Yeah, of course. So I studied sustainability at university back in like 2006. So a while ago and definitely a time when sustainability was not used as a word as much as it is now. So um, things have changed a lot in that period. I started my career with uh, Marks and Spencers or anyone who isn't aware of them. They're a UK retailer. They do food, fashion, furniture, and I don't know how many stores now, but they used to have around 500, 600 stores. So a big footprint, big part of the community. And they always wanted to be one of the most sustainable retailers in the world, which meant that they had to have a really holistic sustainability strategy, touching every corner from the supply base right the way through to the packaging of their sandwiches. And my role there, or one of the areas I looked after, was their uh, timber sourcing and their policy around that to ensure that the packaging was FSC uh, certified um, or PSC and creating what that policy looked like and every single year going back to you know the laggards within the business to say come on you're actually at 70 percent sustainable source how are we going to get this next 30 and we moved a lot in that time but by the end we're up in the high high 90s and we're looking at things like the fingernail abrasive paper that you use which got wow. like three layers are three different types of uh, wood-based material and we we're trying to find that so got really granular and that's what that taught me I was then with Adidas for four years, helping them with their sustainability and circularity strategy. What happens with all those products they sell at the end of their life and trying to create some solutions. And then really I went independent around this sort of time last year because I just, I I saw so many people on LinkedIn reaching out saying, Connor, can you help our business? And when Mm -hmm. you work in house, as everyone will know, you know, you're, that's your job. And there's very little time to help other brands. 
So I thought, well, let's give this a go. Give it a go for 12 months. And uh, we're going to sail through that 12 month window very, you know, without thinking of going back in-house anyway for the next wee while. And I think the majority of our brands, or I thought the majority would be brand clients, helping them with their circularity and sustainability strategy. But as much of it, it's the suppliers, the enablers of the circular economy and the people making that circular packaging, that reusable packaging. And they want to understand how they get in the door at Adidas, how they get in the door at these big brands. so They can really grow in the right way. So that's a quick snapshot of my background. Well, that's a fascinating background. And I love that you've been, as you said, in-house and then now consulting outside of that business. Adidas is a huge company. Can you speak to a little bit of, of what your focus was there? Were you, were you, were you procuring uh, materials for clothes and shoes or packaging or all things? Yeah, so, so I was very much on the brand side. So how they could make their products a little bit um, better, lower impact. That could be connected to, you know, upskilling internal teams around like the dye processes. So how could you use waterless dyeing? It could be focused on something like the big events they do. So when they're a big sponsor at the World Cup, okay, how do they create a VIP area, a press area that actually aligns to the Adidas strategy as well? So it's about getting people more active, more healthy. So serving big burgers at an Adidas thing doesn't make sense. So how could they even get down to the catering at these things? Wow. So it was very, very holistic, um, as well as the stores. Like, what are the stores made of? You know, how can you refit a flagship in the most sustainable way? Well, what actually was happening a lot of times, like, we don't need to put new stuff in. Let's just take the old stuff out, try and recycle as much of it. But in these big flagships in these big cities, they're old buildings with beautiful, beautiful walls behind So sometimes actually getting people to see what's there and create value was another part of their work. But we did workshops as well, like bring in your t-shirt and instead of maybe going to landfill, you know, we'll put a print on it that's customized to you. So you actually love that shirt again. So we did lots of playful things like that, as well as things more like scaling up, like how to increase recycled polyester as much as possible. Yeah, in terms of packaging, this wasn't an area that was under my remit, but it was definitely a point of like many e-commerce brands or brands selling online. Okay, How can we use as little packaging as possible, but also ensure the product still arrives in the condition the consumer expects? And the the big pain point in, in, in the footwear and apparel space is the poly bag it serves a really solid purpose in terms of quality but it also presents challenges um, so that was something we worked collaboratively collaboratively with other brands as well to try and find the best solution i have to commemorate you adidas is a very sustainable company and they have a local facility here in portland oregon where i live a huge campus with a, a giant shoe out front that we drive by all the time it's just a neat place and i've had the fortunate ability to go to their employee store a few times and right. man great products great great company so good job yeah, yeah no, it's good fun and uh, yeah they're definitely getting into the space of how can we produce in a different way and many brands are on that journey and I don't think it's right to aim for perfection, but it's about progress. And they've done lots of, they're very honest, like they've done a collaboration with Allbirds of how they make their shoes the lowest impact possible. And they've done a couple of videos of of that journey. But I think now, you know, not working there, I can always be provocative as well. Okay, that's one shoe. Okay, like is the whole business getting behind this? Um, So it's about, okay, do the innovation, do the R&D. 
but is this really part of everyone's job description and, and how fast can they shift their whole business model to these better models in the next couple of years? Because we don't really have much time. That's it. There, there needs to be a sense of urgency. And these larger yeah. companies, I think, are jumping on board if they're not already with the idea of sustainability and environmentally consciousness, if you will. So that's exciting to see. But like you said, always could be faster, always could be better, always could be less packaging or better packaging. So well done. Sure. So you were at the University of uh, Cambridge. Were you, were you a professor there? Definitely not a professor. So, oh. <laughs> uh, so I actually did one of their, so they've got a high impact leadership course. Uh, oh. So I did this last year sometime. And the reason I did that is because I'd always worked in the sustainability team. And I wanted to understand, I wanted to upskill myself on, you know, what is the business leadership structure today and how can I help make sustainable business case more digestible to the executives? So it's not just someone coming in the room, like as an activist, I can actually start to partner with them and understand them. So I did that course last year, high impact leadership, and I yeah, recommend it to other people who have come from a very pure sustainability background and looking for that more business element. But then since around Easter time this year, I've been a program leader for the Cambridge University course, which is focused on circular economy strategies and sustainability strategies, which has oh. been amazing because so I'm definitely not the most academic person. That's why I said I'm not a professor. They were looking for people who'd been working in the industry for 10 plus years who could actually you know, take the academic side of circular economy and sustainability and give real life examples of how it works. How does the internal change management uh, work best? What were some learnings there? Um, yeah. So I've supported them there for a couple months and they take on a new group probably every two months or so. So I think there's another run that will start end of August till October. And again, that's around a six to eight week program and people from executive level down to whatever other level, people who are generally actually just really passionate about how can they help their business pivot to a better way. Yeah. So that's how I work with Cambridge just now. And yeah, lots of inspiring people. Well, that sounds fascinating. I might have to join that class one of these days. I would love that. So this is a question I'm asking every guest, and I'd love to know your opinion. Can packaging be sustainable? It depends what your definition of sustainable is. So um, many brands are saying they're sustainable right now. And I, I, if I'm, so I'm very much an optimist. Maybe I start from there. So yeah. I, I love progress. I love honesty. Uh, I love people giving it a go rather than not even trying. Or yeah. even some people are trying, but they don't say anything because they're too scared about the backlash. And so I'm always about like communicate what you're doing, whether it be a lot or a little. And, and reward companies for doing something. Where, where I, I guess I get a little bit stuck is when brands say this product is sustainable. And they might have, you know, if we think about maybe a, a ski jacket, for example, you know, ski jacket probably has about 14 different materials in it, as well as the zips and everything else that goes on top of that, as well as the dyeing processes, the waterproofing processes, so what you might see, and you can connect this to a sofa, you can connect this to a car, many things. So some brands will say, this is a sustainable car. This is a sustainable ski jacket. This is a sustainable sofa. But what they've done when you go into the details is they've maybe changed one of the materials. And it might not even be the main material in terms of weight of that product that they've changed to something that is less bad. So it doesn't even mean that that material is sustainable. It might just be coming from recycled sources. So I think that's where I struggle 
And also, I think consumers are just hugely con confused that brands are saying this is a sustainable product, but when they look at it, they see it's got recycled and they think that's good, but it's, so I think it's a bit of a messy space. Can packaging be sustainable? I think it can definitely be lower impact than conventional methods. And there's like obviously a huge scope there, huge gray space. Yeah. So yeah, for me, the best thing is no packaging, but yeah. you know, a lot of the time it's, that's just not possible. I think it was yourself that was actually saying, Corey, when we spoke in clubhouses, you know, certain retailers are looking at doing online deliveries without any packaging. You just open your door and they hand it to you. So I think that's amazing. So how can the couriers, like the people delivering those products, really start to think about just putting these things in plastic tubs and they put something else in, they fill it in and it just gets reused many, many times. So yeah, I, I agree. Think it can be sustainable when it doesn't exist. Um, <laughs> that's the most I, sustainable, right? Yeah. Right. But I think there's, but you know, if I go down to the supermarket today, I can buy a lot of things with unsustainable packaging, which is a mix of plastic paper. It's glued together. It's far too many layers of it. It's so I think, yeah, there's different ways you can look at packaging to make it in the direction of more sustainable, but to have truly sustainable packaging is difficult. And I think if we're honest with ourselves, that's what brands should be saying. It's not perfect, but it's from a sustainable forest or a forest that will be replanted. Yes. Um, now, and even just replanting a forest is one thing, but how are they actually increasing the biodiversity in that space? Are they replanting native species? What is the forestry management? So, but that, that's me getting a bit geeky and the consumer doesn't need to know all of that. It's just, is the packaging better or worse than other packaging? And yeah, if we can help consumers with that, brilliant. We support geeky on this show. We're, we're all about it. I'm <laughs> fully a packaging nerd and I, you know, spent 24, 24 years in this industry. So this is, this is my passion and I'm here to spread the word on what we can do as a, as a, as a people, as a community, as a nation, as a world to improve sustainability. So thank you. Awesome. Uh, so that leads right into this, you know, as a consultant, you're, you're meeting with companies. What, give us a few of the kind of things that you focus on right when you meet with a new company. Like what would be advice for somebody either just starting out or trying to pivot towards sustainability? Sure thing. So if a company hasn't started on sustainability yet, then first of, the, first of all, I'd be trying to understand like who their business is, how do they operate, who's their supply chain? what materials, what volumes, what's the relationship to their consumer? So is it direct? Is it through a wholesaler? Through that, you get a pretty good understanding of the landscape. Um, and if they're using certain materials and they're not recycled or from a certified source, then that might be a starting point because a lot of companies that make a physical product, the biggest impact of their business is in the creation of those materials and then the creation of those materials into a product. So if they want to really become or lower their impact on society and the globe and the environment, then you would start in that space. Now, in parallel to that, a lot of brands also want to engage their consumers and change behavior. So it might be in parallel to working on your supply chain, which might not be as people find it hard to connect to manufacturing because a lot of the time people have never been in a clothes factory. They've never been in a paper mill. So they can't quite grasp the size of these giant machines, nor the energy they require. 
So sometimes it's in parallel. Okay, let's find out your footprint. Let's work out where your materiality risk is and opportunity. But in parallel to that, let's think about some inspiring ways to help your consumers understand their impact in a different way. So that example of Adidas, okay, we could in the flagships activate people and say, if you have an old t-shirt you haven't worn in five years, don't throw it out, come to the store and we're going to put a new print on it. We might even change the dye of it. So maybe it's white and it's gone a bit yellow, whatever else. We're actually got an eco dye partner and we're going to dye that, re-dye that for you. So it's like, how can you do these things to inspire people? Now, is that going to change the overall footprint of the business? Very, very unlikely but it might change the behavior of that consumer. And when they change the behavior once, then they're way more likely to do it in other places of their life or even in their job where they can have a much bigger impact. So I think it just depends on case by case, who's the brand, what's their product, what's their maturity, where in the world are they selling? And then trying to create like a bit of a roadmap there and a strategy for them. That can start with upskilling training as well. So we're just doing that with one brand just now. We've just done five different workshops and that's them now they've all got this solid knowledge from like design, construction, development, marketing, innovation. Now they have that foundation of knowledge. Now we can go to the next stage of like planning that strategy of, okay, now you understand the impacts. Now, you know, the stuff that gets you excited, let's create a strategy and products that consumer will also find that while also reducing your impact. Yeah. So that's wow. the space that we work in and yeah, it's good fun. Everybody wins in that space, right? I, totally. As far as I can tell. Um, yeah, absolutely. Especially the the planet, which we're focused on here. Yeah. And like equally, there's, I mean, many companies now have sustainability individuals uh, working for them, but until everyone in their company feels empowered that they can also champion sustainability in their specific role, whether it be procurement or legal or accountancy, then it's going to be really hard to make a difference. So you need to create that internal buzz and culture that they feel empowered to make decisions in their role because they've gone through some training, because they see it aligned to the company's mission and vision and purpose. Yeah. So powerful. That's so true. And in, in business, we need to let everyone know what's going on (laughs) and what our goals are and that every single person is a part of it. And I I couldn't agree with that more. Well said. So can you give us an example of a company that you see using circular packaging that we could kind of look up to or, or, or emulate? So I think one of the best examples of more sustainable packaging or getting in the direction of circular is the stores where you bring your own packaging and you just put the product directly in there. So you're reusing packaging that already exists rather than creating new packaging. And it's, yeah, exactly. So reducing dependency on virgin oil to make those plastics actually reducing dependency on recycle plastics as well because you're using something that exists right and i think they're going like next step as well so it might take a while to travel to these stores because there's maybe not so many of them in your community but here in london you even have a, a, you have these milk floats which would traditionally deliver your milk in the morning but now they actually go around communities on the weekends and you just go out your front door and you take your your plastic container and you just have all these little dispensers on these milk floats. So wow. it's just becoming more and more convenient for people to do that. You don't need all this packaging because the journey from your front doorstep to your kitchen is so short. And even if you do use packaging, you can give it back to them. They use packaging afterwards and then they can repurpose it. 
Really? So, I've never heard uh, of that. So it's like a truck with dispensers on it. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I can <laughs> see you working in urban communities in America or going around. You've got a little bit longer driveways than the one in, in London. So, <laughs> but it, I, you can still work nicely for sure. Well, that's, a, that's awesome. I've never heard of that. So thank I'll you. I'll send you the link after this. Yeah, appreciate it, Connor. Well, what's the best way for us to get a hold of you, sir? So LinkedIn is probably where I'm most uh, active and posting about circular economy. I'm also, so if you look up Connor Hill, hopefully it'll be one of the ones near the top, add in circular economy, and I'm sure it will get higher up there. Apart from that, then also on Instagram, so Connor Hill Co. So on there, posting a little bit more around inspiration of different brands, events I'm speaking at. And each Tuesday, so probably maybe two or three Tuesdays a month, I host Circular Week and that's on Clubhouse. And within that, it's by the name Inspire Circular. I always bring in a guest from a different part of the circular economy. So Corey was actually one of our guests a couple of weeks ago, focusing on what does packaging look like from a circularity point of view. Other times I've spoken to rental companies who are renting out fashion rather than buying fashion. Yeah. It's about inspiring people around what are the solutions and then creating that community. And then beyond that, then... That would be it, actually. <laughs> That's all right. That's awesome. Thank you so much, sir. I'd yeah, like to thank our sponsor, Landsberg Aurora, for their support. And thank you again, Connor Hill. We appreciate you and what you're doing in this community of sustainability. And man, you're making a huge impact and it, it's noticed. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And uh, keep, let's keep collaborating. For sure. Thank you, sir. This episode is sponsored by Specrite the first purpose-built platform for specification management. So much has changed when it comes to packaging, and there's a new book to help you stay ahead of the curve, The Evolution of Products and Packaging, written by longtime packaging executive Mr. Matthew Wright, helps you unpack industry trends and explains how you can use data to drive packaging, innovation, and sustainability. Download your free copy today at specright.com backslash book. That's S-P-E-C-R-I-G-H-T dot com backslash book.